We have Ann Morrison here with Twiland.info. Uh, an amazing amount of information you cover, Ann. What are the top topics you want to start with? Because there's lots of news in many areas. We deal with areas like biosecurity, Zika, superbugs, radiation, terrorism, climate, seismic issues. Uh, what's first on the agenda today? I want to talk about radiation first. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. We've talked about Cooper. Right. Uh, nuclear reactor before. And uh, it's in the southeast corner of uh, Nebraska. Right. And uh, so it's right at the corner of uh, four states, Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, and Kansas. And it's got about 163,000 people within a 50-mile radius. Well, you know, we had, uh, we had a problem there. They did a hot shutdown. And uh, so now they're, I mean, they did a... <laughs> hot standby because they had a scram and uh, they've been in hot shutdown ever since and of course what you want to do is you want to get out of hot shutdown and by the way this is a GE generation 4 general electric generation 4 reactor and uh, it was first when was it first it was licensed in 74 that means it probably went should have been um, out of commission by 94, but since it's still operating, we know that the NRC, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, has relicensed it, and it is now well past its prime. Anyway, when they uh, so they went from um, hot standby to hot shutdown, and now they want to start it up again. Well, they tried that, <laughs> and they couldn't get it to start. Uh-huh. Um, so well, they was the reactor core poisoned, or was just the actual equipment couldn't uh, inactuate the fuel rods? What what happened? No, they think it's uh, has you know the stream flow is what goes to the turbine, and they think that uh, there was uh, they they think that something happened to one of the streams, and they're still trying to figure out what it yeah, was. Yeah, like a like a valve that stuck, so it could open to allow the steam to go to the steam turbines. Right. Something and like then, that. Yeah, and then the same uh, Cooper nuclear station had a, uh, they were, they're still in hot shutdown, and uh, they were notified by the National Weather Service that the, that the uh, radio transmission tower was not functioning. Now, that affected all the tone alert radios, which would be used to notify the public in an event of an emergency condition. And, uh, you know, you want to be able to notify the public if they need to get out of town. <laughs> and they said they didn't have any, yeah, any way of right doing at, that. At right angles to the radiation bloom, of course, we talked about this before. So, in other words, they even had equipment failure to notify the public if there's a breakdown in this post-geriatric reactor. Yes, and they're, so they're still in hot shutdown, and uh, that was as of yesterday. Okay, wow. then um, gamma radiation, we've been tracking the gamma ra- radiation. There are four stations of concern, and uh, the, uh, one of them is in Denver, Colorado, has the most gamma radiation. This is in counts per minute of gamma radiation in the energy range of 600 to 800 kilo electron volts. And what that means is if you get, if you're close to that source, uh, you, you could have health effects. Uh, your DNA could be affected or uh, other now, things. Where, where is it in the city of Denver? Is it out in the periphery or is it downtown or where is it located? I, I have no idea because you have to be a member in order to know where these stations are, and I have right, a now, now, you know that there were some super fun <laughs> sites right along the, the, uh, in the North Platte River, 
and another area is right inside Denver. And uh, one, they were actually saying, and I took care of the guys who were out there testing the, uh, the, you know, the dust blowing around in this place, and they had hot radioactive rocks and debris yeah. literally sitting out right beside the river so it could have it could have blown into the river it could have just drained into the river with rainfall i mean you if you want to talk about sloppiness and stupidity it's like beyond you know forest gump it's like oh my god he actually did this and uh, when i took my boss major Swin, major uh, john you know reserve admiral john hughes for rocky mountain Ahmed, he just kind of blinked at me like you know don't ask these questions and don't talk please it's like there, you know, this is not good. No, this is canny. What they yeah. do is they uh, they they really believe that dilution is the solution to pollution. So the more it oh. blows around, the... <laughs> I know that's so that's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. Okay, so they have four hundred and twenty counts per minute of uh, gamma radiation, and uh, their average is. 274 so they're they are definitely uh, somebody up there needs to uh, find out where they're they're getting that extra radiation this is is airborne we're not talking about groundwater or anything else it's the airborne level of of this network reporting what's airborne right near the reactor itself right what reactor yeah near near the Denver reactor yeah yeah okay uh, El Paso, Texas is 342 counts per minute, and their average is 254, so obviously they're of concern. Corrales, Oregon, has a current of, uh, the current reading is 295 counts per minute, and their average is 170, so that's, they're of concern. And uh, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, the current CPM are 131, and the average is 106, so so we've got uh, four places, El Paso, Texas, Denver, Colorado, Corrales, Oregon, and Jacksonville, Florida. And the people who live in those towns need to find out what's going on. And they actually should be buying gamma radiation detectors. And I think you sell one, don't you? Yeah, we have the best one is the uh, Inspector Plus. I also just got an Inspector Plus kit to hook it up to my computer because we had one of those who are my, an Apple computer in my Spectre Plus outside my studio window. I have also one sitting in our bedroom because it's not indoors in our bedroom. And I'm surprised that the radiation levels are actually surging the last month or two, even here at ground level 50 miles from north of the Mexican border. Because I'm in North County, San Diego, and we're real close to the Mexican border. And I'm amazed at how much radiation we're getting because it's often surging into the 60s or low 70s. It wasn't doing that in the last year or two. We would see right. around 30 or 40. So something's going on that's not good. And I'm pretty sure it's not San Onofre. Uh, when San Onofre had that hot shutdown, because somebody in Yuma, Arizona hit a, hit a key, a stroke, and they had a surge that actually shut down the steam turbines and, and blew uh-huh. them, you know, lost containment. Yeah. Uh, we went yeah. up about five to seven time, times normal, which only wow. lasted about a week. Uh, this is still surging. So this morning when I got up, it normally should run around 17 to 20. Uh, counts per minute CPM, including alpha, beta, gamma, etc. But mm-hmm. it's running 66, and it's often now in the low 70s, which tells me that we're getting a, a three to four times background radiation, so Fukushima is getting considerably worse. That's what I'd say. And whatever's going on in Japan, uh, we're getting a lot more tropospheric release of, of radiation from Japan. Let me tell you what's going on in Japan. And in fact, at Fukushima Daiichi, the ice wall was uh, damaged by the recent typhoons. You know, they've had at least two or three really big typhoons that hit Japan uh, close to Fukushima. And 
the ice wall. Remember they built the ice wall? Right. And, uh, and you and I talked about it, and we said, well, that's not going to work. Why are they doing that? Right. Uh, it, we call it an ice wall. They call it a landslide impermeable wall. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but anyway, it's been critically affected by the uh, rainfall from the recent typhoons, which have melted parts of the ice structure. So now there's new pathways for the highly contaminated water to leak from the basements of the reactor buildings into the ocean. Right. And uh, that's that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, uh, the ice wall is an underground wall of frozen dirt 100 feet deep and nearly a mile long. And it was designed by the utility, that's TEPCO, to divert groundwater from entering the reactor buildings and mixing with the contaminated water. By the way, these uh, are all are, U.S. companies, and the ice walls are much smaller in America. The slurry ponds around old, uh, you know, you know, coal mining operations or open pit mining to make sure the slurry pond doesn't leak, and they're very tiny. They work when you don't have hot radioactive material, but you have rain and you have hot radioactive material shoved up against this wall. It's not going to hold. It's like, uh, nope. why would you engineer to use something that is most likely going to fail? And they should have put pylons in there and put a solid wall and then re-diverted the water above Fukushima because it's on the, the escarpment of, a, of an aquifer that runs down from the side of that mountain. And literally the aquifer runs right underneath the reactor site. It's like, are you guys crazy? Why would you do that? Yeah, what? they have a river that runs underneath the yeah. Fukushima reactors. Right, it's and, like, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So they wonder why, and then by the way, the, the, the superheated steam in Antridium forms steam tubes, just like the, the, the tubes you see in Hawaii that run out to the ocean. They can be the uh-huh. size of your fist, or they can be the size where a man could walk through them. But these steam tubes can run out miles of the ocean floor, and one of their plans was to put concrete on the ocean floor to block these steam tubes. I'm thinking, you're going to block it at the other end? Are you guys crazy? What's wrong with you? Uh, they're actually talking about doing this idea of putting concrete uh, on the bottom of the ocean using ultrasound to figure out where the hell the steam tubes were so that they could actually block them. I'm thinking, well, it's going to build up. Where the hell is it going to go? Yeah, and, where's it uh, going to go? Yeah, and so my guess, part of the reason why we're seeing more air-based uh, pollution is it's just volatilizing and burping up through the ground or burping up through the ocean, and we're now getting airborne radioactive uh, debris. It's not getting less. It's, it's my opinion that the radiation from Fukushima is getting more. Yes, the ice. Yes, I think you're right. The ice wall was built by installing 100 foot long pipes, 100 foot long, so they're 100 feet long, into the ground at three foot intervals and filling them with supercooled brine solution. Now, what they, uh, what that was supposed to do, uh, and they and they had electricity that kept them super cooled, kept right. them kept them cooled. And uh, so this was supposed to be a wall of frozen soil and water. But uh, because of the typhoons and uh, the the frozen soil and water, the contaminated water was able to escape from the reactor buildings through the gaps in the ice wall that had melted from the rainfall and probably reached the Pacific Ocean. Now, they're not saying that it reached the Pacific Ocean, but where else is it going to go? But, you know, like a carpenter, if they don't test how they know, it's like uh, when I talk to conventional doctors about properly working up a patient. And, you know, I don't need to even get into functional medicine. If I just talked about gold standard functional medicine care, the same with these reactors. I worked around them enough in these engineers for years. I can tell you, these people are beyond incompetent. This is evil. You know, you don't do this kind of stuff. And it's putting the whole world in danger because the Northern Hemisphere 
is being poisoned, but there are trans, uh, equatorial currents that carry it in the high atmosphere or across the oceans that cover all the way from Japan, crossing the equator, heading toward the western coast of South America. So, you know, you got the Humboldt, uh, what's called the Humboldt, um, what's it called? Uh, it's a special type of, uh, uh, you know, I'm talking about that, that, that special, very nasty uh, squid. It's called Humboldt squid, and there's a massive increase in these because the radiation is very toxic to the other kinds of fish, but not the Humboldt squid, so they're multiplying like crazy, and these are very aggressive animals. If you're out in the ocean and the Humboldt squid gets you, you're dead. And, well, uh, you, know, you people, understand this ice wall is maintained by electricity. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Minor problem, eh? Tell us about it. Well, so and experts have told them that the ice wall, because it was electrically powered, is probably more susceptible to damage from natural disasters than the nuclear power plant itself. <laughs> I mean, this right. makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's the thing, the ice wall is failing, and it's failing because of natural conditions, that is, typhoons, which is, I mean, we all know that typhoons happen over by Japan, and I'm sure that they had a 100-year typhoon and a 400-year typhoon and whatever, but it didn't even work for a small typhoon. What's the so, next topic uh, you want to cover, uh, Ann? Because that, that radiation, that's uh, scary stuff. Uh you know, I gave them specific answers of what they need to do to stop the radiation release there, but I don't even get uh, someone countering from the scientific technical or, nu- or nuclear community to, to do it. And what do you think my plan would be to stop the radiation from Fukushima? I uh, I'll give me. you point by point by point. Number one, you need to put uh, hyperosmolar boronated water to stop the neutron flux. Number okay. two, you need to do ground penetrating radar and muon scanning so you know exactly where it is and you set up some kind of ways of setting up local containment so that you don't end up with critical mass causing nuclear reactions. Once you get more than this, like a lava lamp, it's going to cause hypercriticality. And you even see neutron beams coming out of the ground that can emerge right into the upper atmosphere. So if you're flying 50, 60 miles away from Fukushima, you can see neutron beams going through the atmosphere, hitting nitrogen and creating blue light beams, just like a light show in the L.A. Uh, uh, you know, open theater. So, oh, yeah, uh, they've published those pictures. Right. So the second second yeah. thing you need to do is you need to build a pylon set up above Fukushima, maybe a mile or two, but you completely divert the aquifer away from Fukushima. You don't have an ice wall. You put pylons down right down to the uh, bedrock. Third thing you do is you build an outside wall below Fukushima Daiichi, so you have a catchment basement, so you can actually turn the radioactive water that's coming through that the, the, the ground uh, and turn it into what we call glassify it. So you need to glassify the radioactive waste. And then the fourth thing you need to do is you need to have double-hulled ships to take that glassified waste and put it at the bottom of a, a new international depot for radioactive waste for all countries that has to be at the bottom of a zinc or tin mine, which is the deepest mines on Earth. Uh, well, then you need to create... They could put right. it in the Mariana Trench. Exactly, yeah. The next thing you need to do is you need to put mylar, uh, Kevlar, and spider silk tents overall facility because there's going to be burps of radiation over the whole site. You want one over each reactor and reactor pool, but you also want one over the entire site so you can actually grab the air and filter it. Uh, and then fourthly, what you got to do is you've got to set a perimeter around it so nobody goes and wanders into this area now or in the future and thinks it's safe. And you have to have proper perimeter testing to see if there's either 
for example, most people aren't aware of it, but there's faults that actually run all the way from Fukushima Daiichi, several hundred kilometers all the way to the subway system in northern Tokyo. And in fact, if people have taken the radiation detectors in the, on the tube trains in northern Tokyo, and they've actually picked up where the radiation levels from Fukushima are burping all the way through the ground, through these cracks. So we got to identify where the heck the cracks are and re-divert this radiation that's coming through these tubes. Because remember, it's superheated tritium and it's steam probably at four or five atmospheres pressures, really high pressures. We're not talking about normal pressures. Pushing its way through hundreds of kilometers and literally burping up through buildings, air systems in, in northern Tokyo. Okay, it's a, it, Tokyo and its surrounding area is the largest industrialized city on Earth. It's not Mexico City or Sao Paulo, Brazil. If you take Tokyo and the surrounding areas, because it's one big block of, of population, it's the largest industrialized city on Earth. And it's radioactive. And people don't want to admit it there in Tokyo. The next thing you got to do is you got to re- tell people that we need to be testing this, the fish. They're still eating sushi from Tokyo Bay. And include they, you can get that in Seattle, in Vancouver, and along the California coast. They're still buying the damn fish. So we don't have proper testing of air. We need to have radiation detectors in every aircraft, which is USB connected. To one will create what's called a plume map that's in real time. And so somebody should be able to log on and see the plume map from the, uh, the specific flight path of each aircraft and know exactly what the radiation level is. And if it's a certain threshold, they should capture the air, send it off for nuclear spectroscopy, and find out what the particular pattern is. Now, certain isotopes are going to be particularly toxic to the ozone layer. Uh, argon and some other gases fry and, and, and radioiodine, fry the ozone layer and kill it. And we have to be aware that it's going to increase ground-level ozone, ground-level ultraviolet light, ground-level x-rays, etc. And so it's not just a one-level thing. It's a multi-level issue. Some of these aircraft going through it, like Malaysia Airlines, won't let a flight crew or the pilots fly more than once a month from Malaysia to Vancouver, Canada, because they go directly through the plume radiation map and they get sores in their mouth, they lose hair, and they get skin changes caused by acute radiation exposure. So when I, when I put up this plan, which I did about four years ago, I don't even get the abuse of someone saying it's not rational to put pylons above it. It's not rational to build a catchment basin below. not rational to put spider silk Kevlar tents or boronated thing or do muon detection and try to contain the neutron flux by preventing these, by partitioning it so you don't get a massive increase in neutrons that cause a neutron reaction to literally shoot through the ground into space. Uh, I'm just amazed that I don't even get what we call the scientific abuse I deserve. Well, uh, can we move on to terrorism? Yeah, let's do that. So, okay, we have a we have a uh, Amnesty International report. Now, Amnesty International is a uh, reputable uh, organization, and they've done an investigation, and they think that they can prove that Sudan used um, <coughs> used a poisonous gas on at uh, when they were fighting with Dafur. Oh yeah, I saw the picture you have there, and that's pretty. That looks pretty typical of a chemical burn, doesn't it? Well, they yeah, they're calling it a blister agent. Yeah, it's a blistering agent. Well, it's a type of chemical blister agent. Keep that thought. We'll be right back with Ann Morrison, and stay tuned. You. 
your husband, your wife, your children. We all need food. And with dozens of food storage companies buying up airtime all over radio, it's hard for you to know which company you can actually trust. Hey folks, John Statmiller here. We at RBN understand, which is why I personally searched out a storable food company and one with similar core values to us here at RBN and of course you, the listener. Well, I found such a company. I'd like to introduce you to Numana Food Storage. Numana Food Storage, highly nutritious, GMO-free, contains no aspartame, no high fructose corn syrup, has no chemical preservatives or soy, and Numana Food Storage has a 25-year shelf life. To back up my claims, we've made Numana Food Storage the exclusive food sponsor of RBN. Call 888-597-0775, 888-597-0775. Order online at numanarepublic.com. That's N-U-M-A-N-N-A, republic.com. Food storage you'll love to eat. While the large majority of Americans have never heard of cryptocurrency, it is the medium of exchange of the future that has already begun. On the other hand, the large majority of RBN listeners are very aware of the corruption within the Fed and the trillions in counterfeit money and credit it has created. Well, would you like to do something about this? OneCoin, the fastest growing company of any kind in world history, will pay you to help do away with the Federal Reserve. Henry Ford didn't invent the automobile, but he surely developed many great improvements in the industry. In 1927, talking pictures made silent movies obsolete overnight, and email has practically done away with the need for fax machine. With cryptocurrency, Bitcoin became the pioneer in 2009. But now OneCoin, as the first ever gold-backed cryptocurrency, has moved to the top of the industry in only two years, and its impact on the financial world could be devastating to the Fed. Bill Gates and Richard Branson and all the jillionaires are already acknowledging that this system of paying for goods and services is becoming what will be recognized as the new worldwide reserve currency. For more information, call Pat Shannon at 601-212-0911. Again, that's Pat Shannon at 601-212-0911. IRA and 401k account holders. Are you crossing your fingers for the stock market to continue its bull run or hoping for a miracle to pay off our $19 trillion national debt? American Bullion wants you to think for a moment. If we go through another significant stock market correction and things begin to unravel, you could suffer some serious losses. On the other hand, gold is a proven long-term asset that could hedge and protect your retirement accounts from getting washed away. Call American Bullion now and let them show you how easy it is to transfer your existing IRA or roll over your 401k into a gold IRA. American Bullion has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and is a leader in gold IRAs. With just one call, their experts can explain everything there is to know and get you started with a free gold IRA guide. Call 1-800-545-2525. Save your retirement. Call American Bullion now at 1-800-545-2525. That's 1-800-545-2525. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind There was something so pleasant about that place Even your emotions have an echo in so much space Welcome back. So, Anne, let's talk about this. Defer. Uh, you know, Mr. Clooney has actually been involved there directly as well. Oh, we don't need a bumper now. Uh, so, so talk, let's talk about this and explain what, what's happening. Okay, well, let me uh, just uh, get people oriented as to where this is, because a lot of people might not know where Sudan is. Sudan is south of Egypt, and it uh, borders, one, one border is on the Red Sea. 
Right. And it's got the uh, River Nile flowing through it from Egypt and then down, uh, actually, it just kind of ends in uh, South Sudan. Right. So they've got North Sudan and they've got South Sudan and then Darfur is the is the western prod, province of Sudan. And uh, they have some some uh, dis- political dissonance over dissidents over there, and uh, so they're fighting with. They're having a civil war. Right, it's so been going on for a long time. Killed a lot of people and displaced a lot of people, which is why Mr. Clooney there and even the United Nations have tried to intervene. What the Muslims are doing to the Christians in Southern Sudan is obscene. And the um, what Amnesty International did was that they they. Uh, got the evidence and when they analyzed it and they said that it looked like uh, chemical warfare agents sulfur mustard gas lewisite or nitrogen mustard gas were used well this is a war crime you can't right. you can't use these these uh, gases on uh, civilians well war- you can't use them at all in warfare you're not even allowed to use them in regular warfare that's why they were accusing Syria, which is falsely accusing them several years ago. Uh, what it turned out was actually uh, in under the false flag thing. But the fact is, using against the civilian population is not only obscene, it's completely criminal. And they should be charged with a war crime. And, you know, we need to have an international tribunal grab these guys and put them into prison. Well, this is a poor man's nuke. Uh, you know, you use chemicals when you don't have radiation. And, but it scares me because uh, if those people in Sudan can make this stuff and use it, that means that people over here could do the same thing. And I talked to John Moore this morning, and he said that any chemistry uh, professor in high school could make these things. And, oh, oh, absolutely. Uh, that, and these are stupid people, but they're crazy people. And when we already talks about 550% more unfettered uh, Emigres, she wants terrorism. She wants chaos in the Middle East. She wants us to be in direct conflict with Russia, not cooperating with against ISIS. She wants to, like we talked about this German journalist, uh, to actually support our potential enemies while we move around the rubble and pretend that we're so-called stopping ISIS. It's a patent evil lie, and it's disturbing. It's disturbing. It's another 9-11 type event coming in the near future. It'll be an order of magnitude worse than 9-11. And, uh, I'm sure that we have some Islamist, Islamist chemistry teachers teaching in high school, high schools, and uh, it just uh, just uh, really scares me that you know we if we have to be prepared for gas attacks, that's nothing like an explosion. That's nothing like an airplane. Then you know that is something that is going to just you know we have no defense against it. Against it, we just think that that wouldn't happen here. Well, it could happen here. And oh yeah, you can you can walk through it. You can walk through an airport with it looks like a, well, a small bag and, and just walk away and the thing starts to give off a toxic gas that can burn people, burn their eyes or skin, uh, kill you know, burn their lungs so they suffocate. I mean, you know, and people die literally suffocating in their own mucus and blood. People don't realize that, uh, you know, Islam is a suicidal organization. They'll kill themselves or anyone else just to prove their point and try to dominate the culture. And if they think that they're not going to do this, they're crazy. And you don't need many... You can have a couple thousand of these guys, and if they decide to all coordinate their efforts, they can bring our society down so it just literally seizes up. It just does, People won't go out in public at all. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is that uh, about uh, nuclear terrorism. Right. India has said that it has launched strikes in the Pakistan-controlled Kashmir. 
Now, Kashmir is a disputed uh, part of what used to be India. You remember India used to include Pakistan, and then the Muslims took Pakistan, and they separated from India, which is mostly Hindu. Right. By the way, the Hindus in India are persecuting the Christians. But anyway, they've both got armies in the uh, in Kashmir, and they're facing each other, and apparently India uh, has, has started um, fighting with Pakistan in Kashmir again. Well... I think India-Pakistan is a bigger trigger zone than North Korea or Russia in the Middle East. I think it's their launch on command is only less than two minutes, so things are really touchy there, and we're not yeah. helping. That's right. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Are you tired of brown rust stains on your toilets, sinks, and clothes? Does your water smell and taste bad? Don't live with these problems anymore. HydroCare's revolutionary well water systems, available at Wave Home Solutions, gives you clean, healthy, great-tasting water from every faucet. They remove iron, hydrogen sulfide, sediment, and many other contaminants that are distasteful and damaging your fixtures. You'll be amazed how fresh and clean well water can be. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to bestwater123.com. That's bestwater123.com. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. As a regular listener to Republic Broadcasting, you certainly understand the times and circumstances that we are living in. You certainly understand that the good times are over, and you certainly understand what we are heading for. Though we do not know what exactly is going to happen, we must assume that it's going to be a disaster. Are you prepared for that mess? Go to www.bugoutpanama.net and get the necessary information on our growing community of awake and prepared individuals just like you at www.bugoutpanama.net you will learn how we are preparing on our farm Finca Bayano for what is coming emigrate while you still can to our village where survival is of the utmost importance prepare don't despair 
at www.bugoutpanama.net. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. AirOutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield tactical bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to AirOutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at AROutfitting.com. We're turning a corner looking at uh, space weather. We're in the midst of a four-day solar storm, which is screwing up uh, GPS. Most people are aware that GPS guides our aircraft and our cars, so car accidents can happen. Uh, jets uh, use it for as a feed into their, their flight path and so on. Um, most, by the way, the jets nowadays, they only the pilots only fly them to, to take off and landing. In between, it's totally under GPS-coordinated flight paths, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much automatic. And, uh, yeah, we are in the middle. We've, we've had four days of high solar wind. Well, right. what is solar wind? <laughs> Nobody knows what solar wind is. But I give a, I'll, give a, I'll give a try. Solar wind is the corona. And what happens is that you get a hole in the corona. And then the um, ions and everything that's in the, in the reaction in the solar reaction come comes out of the uh, it, the corona doesn't hold it i mean there's a hole in the corona so it it just comes out of there and it's been it, coming it's, it's like the contents of a balloon is what you're saying and when that corona which pops the balloon this these charged particles come out of the corona and they kind of stream down on earth is that what you're saying yeah and they've been watching it because they saw the uh, corona hole in fact, you can go up to spaceweather.com and look at it. It's, it's a huge hole, and it's, it's facing Earth. It's a bad thing. Anyway, right. so they knew it was going to hit Earth, and sure enough, it did. And it's still hitting Earth at a very high speed, and it's breaking the uh, geomagnetosphere, uh, which means that uh, uh, there's charged particles and other things coming into, uh, into the uh, atmosphere, into the troposphere. And uh, one of the things it does is it runs down the batteries on the uh, satellites, on the GPS satellites. And the other thing is it actually um, drags them down. I I mean, it's that fierce. Uh, We call it a solar wind, but it's traveling, what, 1.5 million miles per hour, I think is what I saw. So the wind, in other words, causes a drag so it can actually lower their altitude in terms of orbit. And it runs down their batteries because it's electrically charged. 
So uh, GPS may be out, and I've been getting alerts to that effect. That's you don't want to use GPS. Yeah, you don't want to use GPS when there's a solar storm. Anyway, I want to get back here to India because right. uh, they're both nuclear nations, and that's the problem. And they're right next door to each other. So in Kashmir, Kashmir is one of the most militarized, disputed regions in the world. And more than 700,000 Indian troops are stationed in the Kashmir Valley. And uh, uh, they're dealing with a popular independence movement. In other words, Kashmir wants to be Kashmir and an armed insurgency. And they also stare down 200,000 Pakistani troops. So we've got 700,000 plus 200,000. Well, that's almost a million troops there staring at each other. And... Um, so anyway, they, they lobbed some some uh, missiles over into the uh, Pakistani part of Kashmir. And uh, so I looked up the status of the world nuclear forces. And, you know, the, some, the information I was getting before was only good up to 2008, maybe. But, the, but they've uh, since... They've since uh, re-estimated the global nuclear warhead inventories. And so they have, I found a nice uh, chart that shows the uh, estimated global nuclear warhead inventories from 1945 to 2016. And that's very helpful. And uh, the peak occurred about 1985, and that was during the Cold War. The peak was about 770. 1,300 in 1986, and now it's about uh, 15,350. Now, you have to understand, in some cases, I mean, this is all classified information, so you, you, have to, you have to be really good to get any of this information. So they, you know, they qualify their, their uh, uh, information with, with a disclaimer saying, well, we did the best we could, and this is what we think it is. But, uh, and it shows that both the United States and Russia have the most, and they both have about the same amount. And uh, they even had a table. So I'm just quickly going to run down this. Uh, Russia has the most. uh, They have 1,790 strategically deployed. And uh, so they have, and then they have a a stockpile of 4,490. And uh, reserve non-deployed 2,700. I'll just give you the total inventory. 7,300. The United States has 7,000. So we're just a little bit under them. France has 300. China has 260. Now that's, that, you know, they're almost up there with France. The United Kingdom has uh, 2,000, I mean, sorry, 215. And Israel, and this is really where the estimate is, is 80. And then Pakistan has 110 to 130, and India has 100 to 120, yeah. and they just have question marks here for North Korea. Hey, I'll make a bet the number for Israel is higher. Um, the local CIA director for Eastern Canada was the father of a cohort of mine at Dalhousie University in the early 70s, and I would go over to the psychology where we were sticking electrodes in the mice to do kinds of you know, electrode brain uh, Skinner box experiments. And he was been hours and hours, and he'd tell me all about his dad and how they had all these nuclear weapons back in the early '80s. And we're talking about like you know 40 years ago, uh, early '70s. I mean, we're we're talking about 800, not 80, nuclear warheads at that time. 
I'm willing to wow. bet it's thousands. And the Israel Israelis have their own image set. I know this from my contacts in Israeli intelligence and satellite systems. They have a system called ImageSat that has higher resolution than the European or American Space Agency. They have their own base-based weapons platform satellites up there that can use all kinds of advanced weapons. And what they do is they take the technology they've literally grabbed from us, upgrade it, and don't share it with us. So right now we've got contracts with Iron Dome and these other things to be anti-missile systems. The best one we have is this Tesla system that literally a fry a missile that comes in and our plasma-based weapon systems in near space that can fry the uh, integrated ships to control the uh, flight paths of missiles, even ones that are EMP-proof. Because the Russians still use their, their big jets. They still use tubes that are emp resistance. They don't have our special IEEE chips from Atmel Corporation, which they weren't producing enough back in the mid-'90s when I was there. That's literally 20 years ago. Uh, you know, the state of art is the third nuclear power is Israel. They got a lot of weapons, a lot of weapons. Well, thank you for sharing that with us because uh, yeah, I I wasn't aware of that, and uh, I don't yeah, think you know I've never heard anybody. They're not going to come clean. They're not going to come clean on it at all either. Yeah. Plus they have plus they have other backup systems and their own separate satellite imaging system and targeting systems, totally separate from the U.S. system or Europe. So people need to understand. You know, if Iran decides to to say, say now they have missiles that can hit Israel, if the if the Israelis think they're even thinking of doing it, they're going to bomb the hell out of the Bashir reactor, and Western Iran is going to become an ashtray. So, you know, one group of people you don't mess with is the Israelis. You know, they they yeah, have every. We might, ha- we might uh, have a see over there called Iran. Yeah, Iran is going to, literally, let's put it this way, Israel's enough weapons that every city and town in Russia, China, and every Muslim country within 10,000 miles can be turned to ashes. Okay, so the so Israelis have got serious stuff. Now, most of it's based right in Israel, which means it's a target, but I'm willing to bet the Israelis are clever enough. They've got missile systems that are basically outside the, you know, the continental area of the, of the Middle East. Uh, you know, they're, they're clever people. They're not... <laughs> You don't want to mess with them. They're always. That's why when you look at the number of terrorist activities against aircraft, like Israeli aircraft, zero. You see the amount of, of terrorism with the wall that they put up. By the way, Tim Alexander was one of the ones that actually recommended this many years ago. And the Israelis thought this is a good idea, which Trump was trying to pick up too. And that wall has saved a lot of lives. You know, so mm-hmm. I was there in Israel. And I saw terrorism. And it's like. These Muslims are out of their cotton-picking mind, and the Israelis are no slouches. Like the settlers and so on, they're walking around with machine guns and body armor and everything, and they're not going to take any crap. So if people think that the Israelis are going to be shoved, you know, are going to be crunched by the Iranians, <laughs> Iran will cease to exist if they t- try to take on Israel. And the same way with Russia or China. And the Russian knows that. They should know that, that Israel is armed to the teeth and they have weapon systems they don't even share with us. Okay. Well, the. um, I know this from the inside, the inside of the Israeli intelligence service. I even brought books over for one of my guys, uh, Avi Lipkin, who was one of the IDF Israeli intelligence guys and brought to his wife in northern Jerusalem back in uh, 19. uh, What was that? What? uh, 1999. I was there in 92, but 99. And, uh, you know, you got to understand that the Israelis are are the ultimate predator nation. You mess with them, you die. 
All right. Well, this information was uh, given by the Federation of American Scientists and also the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. And the, the, atom- the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, you know, they have that doomsday clock. Oh, yeah. Been, they, they move the minute hand. Yeah, uh, yeah. So tell me about that clock. It's closer now. It's closer to midnight than it's been a long time, isn't it? Yeah, it's three minutes. And it was three minutes back in the Cold War, and then it looked like we, you know, we had... Uh, uh, what, what they they got things that you know we started reducing the number of nuclear weapons Wait, on both you, sides. You, and you know what they you know what they that Obama did last Friday, right? Right after the three cruise missiles hit the Aleppo Intel site there with Israeli, American, etc., um, yeah. NATO Intel officers and killed thirty of them. He immediately yeah. turned on the entire. U.S. space anti-missile system and scared the heck out of the Russians. And the Russians thought that America may be crazy and be thinking about a first strike on Mother Russia. So that's definitely not the thing you do in the middle of a conflict where you're giving also, and this is actually journalists in Germany are interviewing ISIS, where America is trying to give man pads, which is surface-to-air missile systems, to ISIS and Al-Qaeda. We're not their enemy. We're supporting and even training them how to use the equipment, and we're giving them man pads. That's how nuts this is. Well, okay. Let's move on. It's really um, bad. Really, really we bad. Have, we have a Dutch report. Remember that Malaysia Airlines Flight 17 that was shot down over Ukraine when uh, right. Russia, right after Russia took Crimea? Mm-hmm. And uh, about 300 uh, souls were lost, and most right, of them were, right. were Dutch. And uh, so the uh, Dutch, they had a Dutch-led inv- investigation, and they have positively confirmed that uh, the Russian government was the deployment of a missile system and also its, its cover-up. Now, what they did was they, uh, they, moved, they, they moved the uh, missile system into Ukraine on the Russian side, and uh, they shot down the plane. And then the next, it was out within 24 hours. It was back in Russia. But uh, and, you know, uh, you know that it was given to Poroshenko, Mister. They call him the Chocolate King. He's also the prostitute king and the drug king. So Poroshenko had this missile system, which is definitely Russian. There's no doubt. I have my own contacts. It was a Russian system, but Poroshenko was the one involved. And they were actually looking for what's called the, the beacon to tell them which aircraft it was. Because when mm-hmm. the Poroshenko tried to use this missile system, he locked on to what he thought was the was the, was the private jet of Vladimir Putin who they tried to kill NATO and the West at least 12 times before. And when they locked on, the Russians had actually sent out a beacon signal indicating this MH17 commercial airliner was in fact a Russian private jet of Putin. So it was Poroshenko trying to kill Putin that did this. Okay, so people need to know the facts behind the scene. Poroshenko's out of his mind again. He's backed by the West. We've had some of the Western intel people actually boast that they spent $2 billion plus trying to get uh, Ukraine into the sphere of influence of the West or since 1985. Remember that one? What's your name? That uh, female intel officer that mentioned that on, on air on open media. And uh, so that's the story behind the story. There have been so many attempts to kill Putin. One of the last ones was just so many months ago when he was down, flying down to Sao Paulo, Brazil. They've tried to kill Putin so many times it's nuts. And this is one of them. And the reason why that jet got hit is because the Russians were clever enough to make sure they can scramble the signals so that they thought it was a private jet of Putin and Poroshenko tried to kill him because he's a mafia don. 
Isn't that I want to move on to I want to move on to the superbug. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a multi multi drug resistant strain of MRSA, and it was found in fitness centers in Memphis, Tennessee. Now that's right. too close to home. Oh and yeah. This would be a community. You know, if you go into a fitness center, they give you a towel and they tell you to wipe down the equipment in case the person that used it before you didn't. And so what what are you supposed to do with the towel? Well, you're just spreading the germs around, right? Yeah, it's you ridiculous. Some, it, it, you it's should be, it's ridiculous. Yeah. What they should do, basically, number one, is everybody that comes should have a, have a medical certificate and swabs to prove they're not carrying a multidrug resistant. I know at a local clinic here in Vista, they allowed an individual to come in that had XMDR-resistant, methicillin-resistant staph aureus, and when people found out, it cleared the fitness center at the at the yeah. clinic. Um, yeah. What people need to understand is you can't wipe it down with a towel. You have to do three things. You have to hit it with an antipathogenic spray to over the equipment and leave it a sufficient time to kill. You need to spray it down with something like ozone, and then you need uh, you need to basically aerate it and wipe it down to make sure with normal cleaning agents that there's no residual. A lot of times these organisms leave spores, and the spores are going to get you later, even if the bacteria are all dead. So, you know, this sloppiness is, is very bad. That's why I tell people fitness centers are danger centers. I personally wouldn't recommend anybody uh, enroll in a fitness center. I think that they're dangerous because the amount of people with drug-resistant, uh, not only staph aureus, but other bugs is pretty dangerous. For example, that's why I tell people never go to chain or other garbage restaurants. The average American gets food poisoning six times a year, six times a year. And some of them could be fatal. Or they can result in a chronic single diverticular mass in your lower colon or a smoldering infection in your gut that can cause all kinds of problems like small bowel overgrowth. And, and most doctors aren't even trained to even diagnose these things until the patient is an extremis. And they do a CT scan and see an abscess in their uh, in left lower, lower quadrant. Uh, or they find out the person has SBO because they've been inducted into a hospital and the a gastroenterologist uh, says, oh, we'll do an SPO test on you, and they've got some nasty bacteria that's been chewing away at them for months. So, um, it, it, Well, anyway, they did a study of fitness centers in Memphis, yeah. and uh, they they found that all the isolates that they found were resistant to, to 7 to 12 antibiotics, and not only that, Whoa. 6 were resistant to... Lanzolid, and that's one of the few remaining antibiotics still considered effective against MRSA. How many clinics were po- how many fitness centers were positive? My side is vital. And um, how many were how many were positive? Was it just one center? Was it? There were twenty nine samples, uh, but there was more than they didn't. They tested thirty two samples. But well, well, how many four, centers though? How many how many four, fitness centers? Four, four, four. 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 So that's four a, that's a, yeah, that's not good, is it? No, that's not good. Okay, we are the American Freedom Party. This is the most urgent time in the history of Western civilization. In the year 1900, white people of European descent comprised 35% of the world population. Today it is less than 9% and falling fast. Europe is being overrun with Middle Eastern immigrants, and America's founding stock is rapidly being replaced with third world peoples from around the globe. For the last 50 years, every influential institution in this nation, our schools and universities, our media, our churches and our 
employers have promoted policies and principles that teach whites to be ashamed of their great heritage and birthright. We, who in the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1970s were the world's dominant force, are now so afraid of being called racist that we were quailing towards irrelevance and extinction. Join the American Freedom Party today. Reach us at theamericanfreedomparty.us or call us at 701-317-5317. Paid for by the American Freedom Party. You, your husband, your wife, your children, we all need food. And with dozens of food storage companies buying up airtime all over radio, it's hard for you to know which company you can actually trust. Hey folks, John Statmiller here. We at RBN understand, which is why I personally searched out a storable food company and one with similar core values to us here at RBN and of course you, the listener. Well, I found such a company. I'd like to introduce you to Numana Food Storage. Numana Food Storage, highly nutritious, GMO-free, contains no aspartame, no high fructose corn syrup, has no chemical preservatives or soy, and Numana Food Storage has a 25-year shelf life. To back up my claims, we've made Numana Food Storage the exclusive food sponsor of RBN. Call 888-597-0775, 888-597-0775. Order online at numanarepublic.com. That's N-U-M-A-N-N-A, republic.com. Food storage you'll love to eat. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's life support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's life support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life support is the best complete nutritional meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. tomorrow we do a kind of a recap update with adding some more information uh, your blog includes so much information and we need to expand sometimes what topics would you like to cover now well I'm still on superbugs okay continue <laughs> please continue more okay. superbugs more superbugs MC have you heard of MCR MCR okay yeah. MCR is mediated colistin resistance now colistin is one of those is uh, one of those antibiotics that you use in, uh, when you have an MDR or an XDR. Yeah, in other words, one of your, one of your big guns, in other words. Well, there's a gene that can make a bacteria resistance to colistin. 
And not only that, it's a jumping gene. And so it'll go, let's say that you have staph. Oh, by the way, where on your body do you think that you will find staph and strep? Where do you think on the body? Uh, I would say uh, primarily things like the feet or the groin, something like that. Nope. Where, in your, in your nostrils? The, right in the outside of your nostrils, right? Where your oh, nostrils, yeah, that's another, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I heard that too, yeah. Staph is yeah. in your nostrils, yeah, you're right. Yep. Okay. And, and so it would be good if you would use a, something there once in a while. Because every time you touch your nose, you're picking that up and handing it to somebody else. Anyway, wow. uh, this is the last resort, Colistin is last resort drug for some multi-drug resistant infections. And this gene, it's a gene, this MCR-1 is a gene, and it can go from uh, one, like if you have if you have staph that has this gene in it, and then you also have strep, let's say right at your nose entry, right. it'll give it to the strep and make it multi-drug resistant. Uh-oh. I mean, this is a Terrible, yeah. terrible thing. Yeah, this is a plasmid, which means it's an envelope around a gene that can jump into another bacterium. How do you know these things? All right. Anyway, they did a uh, they they did a uh, study to find out where this was because they were so surprised to find it in uh, in people, and they found it in Connecticut, and New Jersey, and New York, and Pennsylvania. Uh, those were all human isolates, and then in Illinois and South Carolina, they found it in animals. Whoa, and they're doing, they're, yeah, this is scary stuff. Let me tell you, Doctor yeah, Bill. No, no, I'll give and you the the ontogeny of that. It probably happened where they had a uh, infectious disease reverse protection ward where they were using proper protection DNA interface with their clothing and so on in the outside world, and the nurses or staff picked up the glycine resistant bacteria on their shoes. Or carried themselves in their nose and carried it home to pets or to other human beings, and that's how it spread. So it probably originated on what's called one of these reverse protection wards where they're using colistin, and the organism went to colistin school, I call it. <laughs> and now the gene is up. So, all you people working in the health industry, don't take your work home with you, including your shoes, your clothing. It should go to a separate laundry facility, even from the rest of the hospital. It should not be mixed with other laundry. All right, Dr. Bill. Amazing. We'll do an update tomorrow and do uh, much more information. Thank you, Anne. Amazing blog, twiland.info every week. Important news you're not going to hear anywhere else again. Uh, you know, if you want to really know what's going on, listen to this program and check out Anne Morrison's site. Do donate for her, too. She needs your financial support with all the time she spends on this program. We'll be back in a moment with the firing line. Your questions to... For health protocols, we'll be back in just a minute. We are the American Freedom Party. This is the most urgent time in the history of Western civilization. In the year 1900, white people of European descent comprised 35% of the world population. Today it is less than 9% and falling fast. Europe is being overrun with Middle Eastern immigrants. 
and America's founding stock is rapidly being replaced with third world peoples from around the globe. For the last 50 years, every influential institution in this nation, our schools and universities, our media, our churches and our employers, have promoted policies and principles that teach whites to be ashamed of their great heritage and birthright. We, who in the 1950s, the 1960s, and 1970s were the world's dominant force, are now so afraid of being called racist that we were quailing towards irrelevance and extinction. Join the American Freedom Party today. Reach us at theamericanfreedomparty.us or call us at 701-317-5317. Paid for by the American Freedom Party. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, 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 truth. 